You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL podcast. A lot happening on the Locked On Network. I'll tell you a little bit more about it. There's a big thing brewing on the NFL side regarding the NFL draft. I'm having an old buddy for a... Uh, guest tomorrow. There's going to be a surprise for you. I think you'll like it quite a bit. And I have an old buddy on right now, Mike Sando from ESPN. Mike, how are you? I'm doing great. Good to be here. Absolutely. Every Thursday, I always look forward to the show. It's a blast. Um, There's some disturbances in the force in the Pacific Northwest with Russell Wilson. Uh, And my hunch, knowing you, that you have your finger on the pulse of this, is this potentially a bigger deal than we're kind of just letting on with these headlines? I mean, potentially. I, I don't get too excited about um, anything when there's not – nothing's imminently terrible going to happen to either side, right? I mean, um, my first experience as a Seahawks beat reporter covering a contract dispute was Warren Moon holding out in 98. So I've seen a lot of these. Um, and I think that – we get all excited about, oh, Russell Wilson this, that, and then, you know, on opening day, he's the starting quarterback for the Seahawks, and then, you know what I mean? It's just, he's right, going right. to be their quarterback. I don't, I don't think there's some trade imminent or something that's going to dramatically change the landscape. It is interesting, though. I mean, he is going into the last year of his contract, and stories seem to pop up with him, you know, and the day after yeah. the season, hey, they haven't talked yet, gets out, you know, and then where the combine comes along and it says Ciara wants to live in New York, you know, or we've seen in the past, hey, Russell, make, try baseball. You know, there's always sort of something that keeps alive um, him and his future and his contract, and it's a great topic uh, that could go any number of ways. So I'm interested in it. I think there's a lot to analyze. Is is it safe to say if you're Russell Wilson's agent, I want to be the highest paid quarterback in the league? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think that's pretty cut and dry, right? Yeah, I don't think if you're the agent, you can accept a bad deal. I mean, why would you? You've got, you? you've got, you know, probably a top five or six quarterback um, in the NFL, and those guys when they do deals go to the top of the heap, right? Is there more than a two or three percent chance that he's not a Seahawk? Maybe not this year, but you've heard these things before, yeah. and you know the the offense. We'll go there in a second. But is there more? Is there a you know a yeah. chance? I think there's a chance he doesn't finish his career in Seattle for sure. Okay. Uh, you know, you know. I mean, he's he could play seven, eight more years for all we know, and they may just you know maybe there's a point at age 34, 35. Uh, where they see the writing on the wall that it's a little harder for him to move around. Uh, you know, he's keeping weight on to stay durable, but he's less athletic. Um, any change in performance um, or them projecting his performance to decline certainly could lead them down the road to, you know, take first round picks for him or whatever. I think that's, I think that's possible, not necessarily likely, but possible. Okay. And I don't know if you have input on this or not, but it was clear that they changed how they played offense last year. And, I just want to spell this out for the listeners a little bit. I mean, before 2018, this was as sandlot of an offense as you're going to find. You know, Wilson making plays, out of structure. You know, all these words that Greg Cosell and these guys use. You know, that that's not how it was drawn up. 
And this year, I commended them for, let's reel it in, let's start from scratch, change some of the bodies around them, run the ball an awful lot. But, in the end, it's still a passing league. And frankly, I thought he played better than he did at any point of his year, of his career. Yeah. Like, as the season went on, I would have kept giving him more. I yeah. thought, and they didn't. You know, it was almost too conservative, but I understood why. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. They, like, they went overboard. Like, Pete Carroll said, you know what? The thing that's going to happen this year is we are going to reassert what our identity is. And they went overboard. I mean, they, yeah, okay. they ran the ball over and over on early downs, and it was a sharp correction. Now... It wasn't totally unlike what they were doing in 2013, you know, when they had that great defense. Pete, mm-hmm. if he has that defense, you know, he's going to rein it in, and and they're going to win a lot of games because Russell Wilson makes the explosive pass play, which you have to have to score, and doesn't turn it over. So if you have a good defense, make explosive plays, and don't turn it over, you can be a run-heavy offense, right? Right, um, but that's a different 2018 Wilson versus 2013 Wilson is very, very different. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think he's capable of doing more. So I think this year will be interesting to see if they, you know, you know, take a little bit more advantage of the passing. Now, the thing that hasn't changed is I don't think they're a great pass-blocking team. You know, I don't think they were suddenly a great pass-blocking team last year. I think they sort of covered up some of the weaknesses of their line by playing that way. And it was frustrating for people, you know, come on, man, this is 2018. You got to throw the ball. And I agree with that to some extent, you know, I think that there is room to open it up, but I totally understand what they were doing. I think they got their identity back and they were a good team. Yeah. I mean, they drafted Penny in the first round and uh, the defense looks better than I thought it would be. And however, do you worry about Doug Baldwin? Like all of a sudden, if he's not in the mix, I love Lockett, but Weaponry is yeah. not so great if you can't count on Baldwin. Yeah, I agree. I, I and you know we've heard he's had multiple surgeries, um, but I've kind of factored in my mind that every additional year they get with him now is bonus. You know, I think they've gotten the best years from him. I think he's still a great competitor and a tough True. player and and a productive player when he's healthy. But um, he is reaching that point where you know how long is he going to hold up? So I, I think they did a nice job last year drafting Will Disley. We forget about him. He tore his patella though. So is he going to come back and be a really good tight end down the field? We'll see. Um, they need. To, I think they could use some help there. Yeah. Uh, do you do you have a biggest need for Seattle? I mean, I, I could see them yeah. going a lot of different directions. To me, the biggest need. Well, <laughs> the biggest need is probably to free up the franchise tag next year for Russell. They're in a little bit of a pickle because they've got mm-hmm. it on Frank Clark now. So I think I think you can't get enough pass rush help. And if I were them um, and I could get that in this draft, add a great edge rusher, then, hey, best case scenario, you keep Frank Clark and you've got this young guy and now you're back to the good old days with Averill and Bennett and a bunch of guys who can, you know, really get after the quarterback. Um, And worst case scenario, Frank Clark leaves, you decide to let him go. You're going to get maybe a trade him or get a comp pick for him and you've got a guy to replace him. So you just can't go wrong adding pass rush help. No, I agree. That's probably where I would lean as well. I do think they could use more pass catchers, as we mentioned. A free safety type, of course, with Earl Thomas gone wouldn't be the worst thing. Secondary help in general, I think, could be addressed. But they have a good coach. They have a stable, strong organization. And they have Wilson and Wagner on each side of the ball. So it's not so bad. No, no, they got. And I think last year they showed again, hey, the, you know, going young thing, they can do it. Um, You know, people that 
others weren't saying we're going to be really great players like Trey Flowers might be. You know, I think they know how to do it. So um, they need more draft picks. They don't have enough this year, but they're stockpiling for next year. They're going to have a couple of comp picks, you know, their own picks. They can get back to sort of the way they built the team. Yeah, I agree with you. It's it's an interesting franchise. And uh, we're going to take a break here in. All right, we are back. And any of you that have been listening on Thursdays over the last, you know, close to a year now, I would say, know that Mike puts out annual articles for ESPN.com. And one of his big ones hit today, Thursday. Um, Can you tell everyone what this one's all about? Yeah, basically, Matt, the first wave of free agency is done, right? All the big money spent. Teams will make some nice moves later, get some bargain guys. But with the money spent, I just talked to, you know, 10 execs and evaluators around the league, and we just sort of riffed on uh, what every team did, you know. And I think in most cases, you can see what teams are trying to do. There's a few teams where you're like, I'm not sure what they're trying to do. Do they they have a plan? Is it apparent? So, um, you know, it's basically perspectives from people inside the league about what all the teams have done, what they like, what they don't like, what to look out for, that type of stuff. It's fun. Okay. Yeah, it is good. It's a great article. Everyone needs to check it out. And it'll be kind of like Mike said. I mean, it's going to be GMs talking about other teams or league you know, league sources saying, boy, I don't know what the Chiefs are doing, or you know, along those lines. Yeah. And all 32 are highlighted and great quotes from around the league. Um, but I pulled out, I have nine teams in front of me that I thought were yeah. most interesting. We'll probably get to five of them knowing us, but... Um, let's start, keep it in the NFC West. I think the 49ers are in a really interesting spot and in a great spot to add a big time edge or defensive playmaker in the front lines. I think the defense could be a lot better. I think the lines in place, I think Tevin Coleman might be one of my favorite signings of the year. Jimmy comes back, hopefully Kittle's in place. I mean, like the Niners are doing some good things. Yeah, very interesting team, I think, and I'm glad you highlighted them because the potential is there for them to really take a jump. But I've been saying the whole time that we've been saying that forever. And so when you keep getting guys like D. Ford who have injury history, Quan Alexander, torn ACL, Jason Verrett always hurt, um, you know, they might be hurt again. So other than the Tevin Coleman signing, which was, I think, a great one, um, are they going to have all these guys? Is Garoppolo going to play more than six games? Is you know is D Ford a long term investment? The Chiefs didn't think so. They know him better than anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, Quan Alexander is a very good player, but he's coming off a serious injury. Maybe he's fine. Uh, so the injury aspect of them is just interesting, and it's gone. This goes back to before they had John Lynch. Yeah, I definitely hear what you're saying. And it really circles around Garoppolo, who I think people know I'm a massive supporter of. But like some of my other favorite quarterbacks, Wentz, you know, Mariota, like if you're not on the field, I can only back you for so long. I mean, I mean, and it has to be his team. I think he's capable of taking them to the promised land. And I like the defense quite a bit. You know, you put Warner next to Alexander behind that line that might have Bosa on it and a better secondary and Sherman's still playing well. There's a lot to like, but you've been since you and I've been talking on Thursdays. You often say, "Let's pump the brakes on the Niners." Everyone's always going to be in their camp and excited about them. Yeah, we've been excited for a long time, and they talk big. You know, Jed York's mm-hmm. like talks about winning championships. Well, yeah. let's win a division. <laughs> right. Well, you know what I mean. Let's <laughs> yeah, win yeah. ten games. Whoa! And I get it. I understand he comes from a background with you know Bill Walsh and all that, but um, let's just 
let's just accomplish something, you know, and have these guys work out. There's just a lot of potential, a lot of potential, a lot of potential. Um, let's do it. To stay in the division, I want to talk about the Cardinals a little bit too. And they invested in some guys, you know, Gilbert at right tackle that might not be all that healthy either. Um, they have the first pick in the draft. There's been more talk that it's not a done deal that Kyler Murray's the pick. I'm not sure I believe that. I really do think it'll be Kyler one to the Cardinals, but maybe they smokescreened me as well, and they're sticking with Rosen. I think David Johnson will be the focal point of the offense no matter what, and I want him on my fantasy type of deal. Um, but they got a long way to go, of course, but they're one of the more interesting teams too. They were, and, you know, a consistent criticism of Arizona in talking to people who are in the league is, like, why are they rushing out to sign Robert Alford, Charles Clay, Brooks Reed, like, five minutes after their cut? I mean, what are we doing? It, were those guys that you guys. need to go pay, uh, you know, pay what they paid them? So um, then you see the other guys they signed, Jordan Hicks, coming off of an injury. He's missed 21 games the last four seasons. Terrell Suggs is 36. What's What are we doing? Are we a young team? Are we trying to win it all this year? You know, J.R. Sweezy, Max Garcia, Kevin White, they've all been guys with um, injuries, which is part of free agency. You're going to get guys who, you know, are higher risk. But uh, I just am not 100% sure in looking at them exactly what they're doing. And that's the story of their draft. Are they starting over with Kyler Murley? Are they building around Josh Rosen? We don't know. Yeah, th those are tremendous points. And the direction isn't super clear. I mean, when you're the worst team in the league, I kind of gave them a pass for those signings just because they don't even have placeholders. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Charles yeah, yeah. Clay at least can be a placeholder. You know, like, is it the answer? No. But if you have nothing and you go from a one or a zero to a three or a four, hopefully you'll get the seven or eight out of ten a year, you know, in the next 365 days or whatever. I can kind of excuse it, but you're right. I mean, okay, Suggs brings a culture with them. Larry's going to take care of that on the other side. But, you know, what your points if are very you can't good. Tell, if you can't tell what a team's doing, is that good? I think mostly no. <laughs> I mean, 90% of the time, it doesn't add up. I mean, it's almost yeah, like the so Raiders a year ago. Yeah, a little bit. So, you know, we'll see. They've got the draft, you know, early pick. And I think they could use a bunch of picks, you know, um, and to just start restocking, rebuild the line and all that. But... If the head coach loves Kyler Murray, that's hard to turn down, too. So Right. Do you have a hunch? I still think that Rosen's going to get somewhere between the 15th and 40th pick overall in return if they trade him. I mean, I can't imagine you're going to get less than maybe the Giants' second. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I would think that, too. But if I were a team, here's the issue. There's not a bunch of teams out there desperate for quarterback right now. Mm -hmm. So you you say there's a small number of teams that could be interested to really interested to you know to bring them in and then Josh Rosen's not universally loved either. No, I know. There's a lot of teams who would never draft him, didn't like him. And um, I've said and this. A, I'm sorry, I've yeah. said this a bunch too. Is I'm a big fan, but I'm sitting in my bar in in Upper Saint Clair, PA. I mean, I don't know the guy, and if you didn't like him a year ago. There's no way you like him now. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're not like wow, you know exactly. So um, I don't know that it's a given that you can get back enough in return to do it. That said, if you love Kyler Murray and are just so so on Rosen, if that's the way they are with Cliff Kingsbury, then you probably have to do it anyway. And you know, you could have two quarterbacks. It's not yeah. like Josh Rosen was Aunt John Elway taking first overall. You could have two. Let right, it sort right, of right. Out. 
and you're probably not winning the Super Bowl this 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 year either way. You know, someone gets hurt in camp, and then they call you about Rosen. You know, it's not the worst thing in the world to set it up that way. Um, we're going to take another quick break, come back with a few more of these teams. Um, we'll be back here in a moment. All right. Maybe the most interesting team is the Oakland Raiders, soon to be Vegas Raiders. You keep, you keep hearing flirtations that they might move up for Kyler Murray, or they maybe they don't love Carr, and I think those would be Gruden things to do. But they've certainly built a nice environment around their quarterback, presumably Carr. But it's a volatile situation, too. Yeah, I just don't know that Gruden hates Carr enough to do it. You know what I mean? He'd have to really love one of these guys, and he could. But it feels to me like they get a year to evaluate Carr. A great you know? way, too. They're Not gonna, like last Yeah, they're going to put right. some guys around him, and so... You know, John could always fall in love with Kyler Murray or somebody, but I think that there's enough to like about Carr that you don't just do that to do it. It's not like you have to do it. Yeah, and I think that's the right move because I think if he's, I think he's proven enough that if he's surrounded by good protection, and I think Gruden clearly can scheme things up, and boy, they have weapons now, and three first-round picks are going to add something of value, obviously, in the in the, in the next coming months. Defense looks like it needs a ton of work, but I like the direction they took in that let's make Carr's life, let's make the evaluation of Carr as legit and as easy as possible for our future. Yep, no, totally agree. Um, you know, we can quibble on what was paid for certain players. I mean, I don't think right. anybody loves Trent Brown for $16.5 million, but um, I I like what they did. I think they're a vastly better team. I think that they have made it possible to come out ahead on the on the Khalil Mack thing, or at least make it a wash. You know, I think that they're not just doomed by the trade anymore. Um, so they need to get edge rush help and defense help in the draft. But I like like when you look at what they did. They've got two young tackles you can work with, right? Oh yeah. And, and I like Trent Brown. He can play either side. Um, I think that's a, a nice addition, even though the price is very high. I like Lamarcus Joyner. You know, I think he's a good guy on defense that um, you know could really a good you know nickel defender and brings a lot. Probably just and Gruden just couldn't say enough about what he brings to the team, the locker room, you know, his makeup, his football character, kind of. So um, I like that move. And of course, Antonio Brown. We'll see if. John can manage him, but you know better than me. But to me, Antonio Brown's like not really a problem on game day, or you know, he got to be a problem this off season when he was upset. But I don't necessarily see him just becoming this horrible guy or something. Do you? I mean, he's going to work. He's going to be a good. Yeah. I mean, the young receivers are going to look at him and be like, "Wow." I mean, I understand why he's so good. The work ethic is insane. Um, I mean, he might have a screw loose, but that doesn't mean he's not there yeah. to win and contribute. And I think he's playing as well as ever. You're hunch- now, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say now in week four when he calls out Derek Carr, who shrinks like a <laughs> yeah, you know, like a tulip in the desert sun, right? I mean, Derek Carr is not that type of personality, right? He doesn't. He's not. The, to me, he's not a strong, strong personality. He's a nice guy and. Antonio Brown's going to come in there with a lot of power, and he's going to want the ball. And if they're two and five, and he's got uh, 
you know, 24 catches without a touchdown, it could be a problem. So, yeah, it absolutely could. You know, I, I'm not blind to that, but if it is, they probably just get a different quarterback. Yeah, now I hear what you're saying. And now they have guys they can put on the billboard, and I mean, they're, they're probably going to add three or maybe even four first-round type talents, you know, with their early second-round pick on the defensive side of the ball, I would think. I mean, maybe there's a running back involved there, something like that. But there's going to be a young core of defensive guys, at least, to look at and say, okay, I can envision this defense getting better. So they are very interesting. I mean, very aggressive offseason. Another team I want to bring up is the Saints because I feel like the Saints... More so than any team in the league, and this has been true for a lot of years now, I mean, obviously with Breeze and Peyton, are just so in it to win it. You know, if that means trading up for Davenport or giving Bridgewater a contract, a luxury item that most teams don't have as a backup quarterback. I mean, uh, they lost Unger, they lost Ingram, but they are not thinking long-term. No, and they never have. I mean, no. even the way they, they structure their contracts. Now, what helped them for the long term was they had the great draft, you know, that got them Kamara and all those guys. So sure. if you draft, well, you do plan for the future. I mean, those guys become your future. But they've always been about, you know, add years and proration and worry about it later. And I guess, you know, with Drew Brees at this stage of his career, um, I get it. Uh, now, would I have necessarily traded away the first round pick to get Davenport? I mean, maybe I would have, but um, you know that hurts your flexibility. Signing Bridgewater hurts your flexibility lot, yeah. to do other things. But uh, they're still one of the best rosters in the league, and you know their questions to me uh, for this coming season, winning a championship, don't really have to do with you know are they are they selling the future for the present it's really can drew Brees be good the whole season and late in the season yeah i think that's an under the radar theme around the league rivers brady some of these older guys didn't sustain it for 20 games you know i mean into the playoffs and were noticeably lesser throughout the season which makes sense i mean we haven't seen this many elderly great hall of fame type quarterbacks in the league for a while and you would think that they would wear down um, but, you know, they add more around them, and uh, I do think that's interesting. Mike's battling a pretty bad cold, as you may <laughs> have noticed, just to pull back the, the curtain. So I'm only going to mention one more team and leave about five more of these for next week. But are the Chiefs better? I don't know that they are. I mean, like, I look at the, the, the defense and say, now we don't have as many playmakers as the pass rush was our only strength, and is that still intact? Tyree Kill aside, I mean, if Hill's not in the picture, then I think it's a vastly different team. But I do think the offense is great, is still great, and Mahomes is, you know, everyone's favorite. You know, I get that. But I just wonder, are they going to have to win every game 50-48 again? Well, to me, we know what they thought about Bob Sutton. They fired him, and then just by bringing in Steve Spagnuolo, they feel like, we're going to be good enough. We're going to improve on defense. We can't get much worse, even if we get rid of D Ford, even if we mm-hmm. cut Justin Houston. I agree that on paper, you don't see more talent, but they're banking on a scheme change, and they're basically declaring without saying it, our scheme was a, pro- was a big part of our problems on defense. We think some of the guys we've drafted with a good coordinator um, will make us better. And I think there's a chance they could be right. Uh, we'll see, yeah. but I think that's what they're doing. 
You agree, though, there's less talent on that side of the ball. And we yeah, them in, I do. You know, we're, not, we're not lacing them up this Sunday. I mean, they got time to add some people, and guys will get cut, and they'll be in it. Yeah. But uh, that, that's worrisome to me. I mean, it, it feels yeah. like the early well, 80s Chargers. When they got rid of those guys, those rushers, I thought, well, they're preparing for a trade. What are they going to do, get Frank Clark or one of these guys, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but while I think that that could have been a part of the thought process, you know, it takes two teams to do those trades. So, you know, you can't, it's easier said than done. We'll see what they do in the draft. But, uh, like I said, I think they're, I think they're all in on Spagnola. Yeah. And I, my hunch is, and you may know this better than me, but I bet there was moves that almost got made for the chiefs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't think it's yeah. for lack of trying and they might not be done. Uh, could be right. It definitely could be right. Mike, you're the man. I appreciate you fighting through the cold. Um, I, like I said, I've got a great guest tomorrow back from my ESPN days as well. That's going to be a surprise. You guys will like it. And Mike will be back next Thursday. So over yeah, and out of one. Yeah. Cold will be better. We'll yeah. see you <laughs> Absolutely. Get well, my man. And folks, join, join me tomorrow and go leave me a, uh, a review on iTunes if you would. Thanks again. Over and out.